The Chase Down Podcast presents A City of Champions, a seven-part series chronicling the Cavs' 2016 NBA championship. With help from fans who cheered against us, reporters who covered it, and the players who watched it, we'll take you game by game through the most improbable 3-1 comeback in championship history. Be sure to subscribe to the Chase Down Podcast to relive the greatest series we've seen in our lifetimes. One dribble steps back, puts up a three, won't go, rebound tip taken by Spades, final second, it's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. The series begins Thursday, April 9th. Welcome to the OBR Newswire podcast, your home for all things Cleveland Browns. It's your host, Jake Burns. Coming at you on Wednesday, April 15th, official uniform unveiling day. We will have you covered at the OBR with all of that. And I will also have some coverage over at Brown's Film Breakdown. That podcast where I'll have some live reaction with Jordan Zerm. So go and check that out if you can. We will also have in the coming days a mock draft with myself, Jared Mueller, Stephen Thomas. We recorded that tonight. Took about an hour and a half. Some editing to do. I will get that posted as quickly as possible. On the site, you're going to see continued draft coverage. I hope you are getting over and checking that out. Looking at all the prospects outside of the tackles. Again, if you have interest in the tackle prospects from their own words, from their coaches' words, Hop onto our site, check out the information we have on them, and we will get some film rooms up next week about who these tackles are and which one they might take and where it all goes. For the draft is closing in quick, just uh, just over a week away. Um, again, exciting exciting day today with the uniforms and what will launch back into what we we have known as Browns fans for a long time. And then we get the draft later next week, and it'll feel normal for a while, but then we go into sort of weird hiatus where we, we, we won't get anything new and, and um, you know, none of the OTA stuff that we traditionally hear about will be happening, you know, bit about online OTAs, talking about playbooks and things of that nature, but we won't get the usual coverage, the usual snippets of information we traditionally get from those offseason team activities because the Browns will get more, obviously, with a new first-year head coach. They got more last year uh, due to Freddie Kitchens hiring. They get more again this year as uh, they try to implement all of the new schemes and whatnot and get and get everybody in and rookie OTAs and stuff like that would have been sort of coming and going. But we'll, we'll try to keep you entertained. We'll do the best we can. We're trying to talk about as many pertinent topics that keep – uh, you know, the wheel turning and we have our insider Lane Atkins who will join us today. And I think you're going to enjoy some of his insights. Can only give away so much, but he always has good insights on the types of players they're looking at, some names that are certainly on their draft board. And we will get over to him in just a moment. Before we do, let's talk about betonline.ag. Again, our trusted gambling source here at Blue Wire for the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We know that they have opportunities with Madden 20 simulations with the weather. But they also have the online poker and the blackjack available for you too. So if you are trying to get your fix in gambling, there are opportunities to be found at betonline.ag. I hope you get over there. Hope you give them an opportunity. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E for that match bonus guarantee upon sign up. Again, that is betonline.ag. And now let's get over to our interview of the day with Lane Atkins. All right, guys, it's Wednesday. That means we are blessed with the privilege of Lane Atkins coming on, joining us. Lane, my friend, how are you? Hey, Jake, how you doing today? I'm good, good, can't complain. Exciting, exciting week and a half coming here. Starts tomorrow with the uniforms, right? So I put out yeah. on, on Twitter, Lane, 
people could fire questions at you. One of the questions I received is sort of, what is your anticipation level uh, of the of the uniforms tomorrow in terms of, do you think they get it right, and are you excited, or are you kind of just over the whole conversation? Well, I'm over the conversation because it's just something that's been building up. And what it comes down to is that, you know, I've been saying a modern, traditional look. I think we're going to see something of the old just updated with some of the, today's little bits and pieces set up a little bit. Uh, personally, I'm a traditionalist. I like the old uniforms and anything they can do with the old uniforms, you know, hit, hit it here and there with something to give them a little bit more appeal. I'm good with it. I think that's what we'll see. I'm excited about it. The reason I'm excited is because then we can just stop seeing all of these fake uniforms on Twitter. That's where I'm like, it's enough. Enough is enough. So we'll finally get past that. And hopefully they, they get this thing right. Go ahead. Well, there's, there's plenty of fake uniforms. And <laughs> every day you look on Twitter or social media, you just see more and more of them. Some are really good. Uh, some, I believe, are pretty damn close to what it's going to be. But I'll just be glad when it's over. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, that is true. I should give some recognition to people who have poured poured a lot of effort into it. They've done a nice job. Hell, I think you could probably hire some of these people and they'd get they'd get pretty good results. But uh next question I think is a is a really is a here's a good one for you, Lane. I think uh Sir at Sir Dom uh Dom Rap, two Ps there, at Sir Dom Rap says, Is there any new sense of wisdom or growth from the Haslam family, or is it just as volatile as always? So kind of is this new regime and what they've aligned, is this something they've always wanted? Do you feel like there's growth involved in that process, or is it just the same old cross your fingers and, and, and we'll pull the plug in a year if it doesn't look right? Well, you have to be skeptical just because of the past that they've had here since they purchased the team. And you also have to look at the situation. You know, when they elevated, hired and elevated Sashi Brown you know, with Andrew Berry underneath him, you know, there was a plan going forward that at some point, Sashi Brown would be promoted and Andrew Barry would be in the spot that he sits today. So they did have a plan. It just got derailed. And now they've pretty much came back full circle with a GM and executive vice president that they were comfortable with when he was here previously and a head coach that they were impressed with when they interviewed him initially. And things just went off the rails from there. And, you know, here we are another year later in a new group and, you know, hopefully this is where we go. As far as the Haslam's personally, I haven't heard anything negative since this whole process started and got to where they are today. So hopefully that's something that they've learned in their growth and experience of being here. Yeah, it should be extremely interesting to see how long they give this this group. If they're going to give a group a while to try to figure it out, it seems like they finally have the uh, the right alignment and uh, faith in each other and all that stuff. So if it doesn't get, if this group isn't the one that gets a a while to uh, to make it work, then I'm not, I'm not sure we'll ever get that. But um, well, you got to a point that you finally got the guys that they wanted. Okay, so let's see what happens now that they got the guys they wanted. I don't I don't see no one year fire Freddie and see Dorsey out the door type of scenario happening here. But you never know. You're talking about a first-time GM, first-time head coach. Anything can happen, especially with the situation we are in the world today with the coronavirus and everything and not getting the time with the players and everything. It's You just don't know what you're in for once it, you know, your feet are on the ground and you got to get moving. Sure. No, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly interested in, in, uh, in, in where that in, – in, I guess let me ask it this way. Is your opinion – the Dorsey effect was the reason Kitchens was hired. I mean, were, were those two always tied together and they put the, the, the front office or 
ownership put their faith in John to to give Kitchens that chance and kind of in the back pocket the ownership group always wanted or believed in with Paul DePodesta, Kevin Stefanski. Is that sort of your sense? In my sense, DePodesta was definitely behind Kevin Stefanski, and I believe that the, the ownership was on that page. If it wasn't for John Dorsey, Freddie Kitchens never would have been a head coach in Cleveland, but that's just the way it is. He's your GM, and you know he, he takes and gives a recommendation that, hey, this is the guy. And if you're an owner and you believe in your general manager and the process, you, you, you go with it. They, they found out it didn't work. It wasn't right. They learned that rather quickly in the process. It didn't take them getting into September, October, and November to see that what the train wreck was. There was indications prior to that. But you know, it's water under the dam. Let's move forward. We're away from it. It's time to see what this organization can do. I'm with it. Let's shift our focus to the draft because that's about the – the biggest focal point of content we have guaranteed for a while here, and it's going to be an interesting one that relies pretty heavily on tape. And I think that people always talk about the tape being the most important thing, but not necessarily always the case when you get guys in your building and you're, you're, you're learning more about them necessarily that may sway your opinion based on you know human interaction and those things. And I think sometimes that stuff can get in the way. I'm, I'm, I'm interested, Lane. I know you're hearing things. Um, you can probably give us a little bit, but not everything. Just sort of what your your feeling is, your hunch is, what they're looking to do at 10. Uh, we'll start there. Well, it comes down to is that they know and understand they need an offensive tackle. And this is, and the thing that's going to make it interesting is, is that this, this draft is rather deep at the offensive tackle position. While everything points to, or you want to say that, hey, we got to get this tackle, it has to happen. It does just may not happen that way. You know, it depends on if a guy or two are on the board. It depends if there's going to be a huge offer sitting at 10, depending on how those first nine picks go off. You know, there's guys that they like a little later that maybe maybe they're not Andrew Thomas or Wurfs or Willis or Becton, but they're close. They need hands-on coaching. So it's going to be interesting to see how it transpires because they could be in a position to get a haul at 10 and move down a couple spots. Right now, it's just wide open. Do you really get the, the, the feeling that the reports out there about them loving Ezra Cleveland are, are sort of authentic, or do you think that that's sort of a hunch people are having about the, the combine that that young man had? Yeah, well, no, it's no hunch, because Cleveland and another offensive tackle from Houston, Josh Jones, they were scouted heavily by the Browns in person and in the organization on film. They looked at these guys a lot. Uh, Cleveland, it's no secret that the Browns, like the young man, he has upside. He's work. He's raw on some things. But you go and you hire an offensive line coach like Bill Callahan, who has worked with and developed and had some really good offensive lines throughout his career in the game, it, it's just one of those things that make you say, hmm, I mean, maybe this is an opportunity that they see that they don't have to expend the number 10 pick. You know, maybe they can get up into the late 20s in the 30s and nab this guy and coop some draft choices to go along with that to maybe pick up another guy like maybe a safety or a linebacker. It's just, it's wide open right now. There's not just a consensus guy at the offensive tackle position. Yeah, I certainly get the vibe that, that they'll look to trade down, and I'm fine with it. I think you got to get as many opportunities as you can, and I think in a weird draft like this, having more opportunities, the better you're – the better shape you'll be in. I, I'm fascinated too with safety. I know they add, they added obviously Carl Joseph and and Anderson Day. Another question that we got here on Twitter, which was, um, 
you know, sort of your personal favorites at the safety position and, and, and anybody you feel that this front office might be really keyed in on, maybe pick 41 or maybe pick 74? Well, I would say that there's there's a handful of guys that they that they like. I won't put them in order from the, what I've heard. I can tell you that a guys like Delpit, McKinney, even an Ashton Davis, free safety is interesting. The guy that comes back that stands out to me is a guy like Jeremy Chen. Mm-hmm. I think he has a lot of upside. I said, if you look at the strong safety side, I mean, there's an interest in a Kyle Duggar. There's an interest in an Anton Winfield Jr. There's, I heard some grumblings about Burgess and Brooks. You know, th- those are the guys that when you get into that range, anywhere from the 40s down into the 70s area, those are guys that are going to be looked at. I mean, a guy like Brooks is probably going to go a little later than that, but a guy who has some physical upside, that's intriguing. But as far as the safety position is concerned, those those are the names that you're looking at. Absolutely. Well, listen, guys, he's Lane Atkins. He's going to give us more insight. We're going to get him the day before the draft next week. He'll hear more rumblings. Um, he can't give it all away. Obviously can't give away Cleveland's entire plan, but he can give you some names that they're certainly keying in on. I do appreciate him giving us some time. Make sure you're checking out all of his content in Rumor Central. Uh, he has a, you know, obviously has a pulse of what's going on with the Browns all the time, and uh, make sure that you're paying attention to his content on Twitter and in Rumor Central. All the above. Lane, thanks for joining us, buddy. All right, Jake. You take care, bud. Thanks for joining us, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hope you enjoy the uniform unveiling that is to come. Again, pay attention to Browns Film Breakdown podcast where we will have some instant and live reaction and uh, insights from what we noticed of these uniforms. Hopefully as well have uh, Dane Brugler's interview up there uh, talking about the offensive tackle prospects and then some of the interior defensive linemen that you should be paying attention to. So keep your eye out for that. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for giving us feedback on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you go to get your podcast we appreciate you guys listening we'll be back tomorrow with reaction to the uniforms with site editor barry mcbride until then guys we appreciate you enjoy today and go browns